This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture, and 620 CKRM is proud to be your source for everything ag. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com and brought to you by the Arcola Co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. Today we talk to the new president of APAS, Ian Boxall. Boxall Farms near Tisdale. Todd Lewis steps down after his term limit of six years as president. We talked to Lewis about yesterday's big announcement in Regina, a biodiesel refinery to be built adjacent to a new and the third plant canola crushing plant for Regina. Real Agriculture talks about the Saskatchewan Agricultural Hall of Fame inductees. We have a new $11 million project to make plant-based cheese products from oats and pulses, and the latest on the Saskatchewan cattle market. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, helping growers contract any type of grain. Call 1-800-324-7778. A farmer from Tisdale has been elected the new president of the Agricultural Producers Association of Saskatchewan, known as APAS. Ian Boxall takes over from Todd Lewis, who has completed his term limit of six years as president of APAS. Boxall says early priorities include farm support programs and rural internet and cell phone services. Well, thank you, Jim. I think, you know, continue to advocate on behalf of producers in this great province. We have some of the best agriculture here in Saskatchewan and all of Canada. And, and, you know, I'm honoured that I will have the opportunity to represent APAS and those producers. What are some of the early priorities for APAS? I think the next policy framework and working with our task force and ensuring that we we try to get the changes that we see needed in the, in the next set of next policy framework will be a main priority. Continued work on rural connectivity. I think that'll be ongoing issue that we need to deal with. And, and I think after this last year's drought and what we've seen, I think we'll continue to do some work on grain contracts and, and how we maybe can improve that for the betterment of producers. I also think that, you know, some drought response and, and some issues that are facing the livestock sector as far as shortage of water and feed will be another big issue that we need to deal with. Another issue, I understand, grain contracts have become a bit of a concern. Yeah, you bet. I think with the year we saw this year with the widespread drought and the diminished crop and that, grain contracts is an issue. And I, there's an opportunity here to do, to do some research into how they can be improved, but also you know, maybe we have a role to play in educating producers on how they can mitigate some of that risk when signing those contracts. You're farming up in Tisdale. How's the snow look up there for possible runoff? And uh, the South Country has got some snow too. So up in the northeast of Tisdale, we actually have lots of snow. It's probably some of the most we've had in, in years. It's, it's nice. The dugouts are going to get full and all that. And we will have some moisture in the spring to start. But as with any crop, we're going to need rain in the spring to continue that on. We I think the province, most of the province was so dry. Snow is a help, but we are going to need those early rains in spring to ensure that we have a crop next year. What do you think of the big announcement that came out yesterday for Regina, an agricultural complex? The refinery is going to be set up north of the refinery, will be set up so that they are going to be making biodiesel 
and it's going to be coming from canola. And there's a canola crushing plant, a third one for Regina. This is a joint effort between FCL, Federated Co-ops, and AGT Foods. Your thoughts on it? I think anytime we see investment in value added or processing for the agriculture sector, that great. That gives us, some, you know, an, an additional market, an additional place to get to sell our product and have it processed right here in Saskatchewan. And I think it's absolutely great. It's it's an exciting time in agriculture in Saskatchewan with the investment and in the, in the money that's being invested in value added. And you know, and it's it's an exciting time. Are you optimistic for 2022 as the new president of APAS or pessimistic? I'm ab- absolutely always optimistic. Farmers are optimistic, and I'm always optimistic that next year will be the best crop and we'll have the best feed and the most water we need, and always optimistic. Both as a producer and as the president of APAS, I think it's an exciting time to be involved in agriculture in this province and in this country, and I look forward to it. And we can overcome supply chain issues, COVID-19, and, of course, the weather problems that we always face. Producers will always overcome. We're a resilient bunch, and we'll always overcome no matter what hurdle we're faced with. Ian Boxall of Tisdale is the new president of APAS. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. This portion is brought to you by Seedmaster. No matter what you grow, Seedmaster has the ultimate seeding solutions for better crops and bigger profits. Seedmaster.ca Saskatchewan farmers welcome announcement of a third multi-million dollar canola crushing plant for Regina. Federated Co-ops is building a renewable diesel plant using canola. An adjacent joint venture with AGT Foods will see construction of a $360 million, 1.1 million ton canola crushing plant. APAS past president Todd Lewis calls it great news for farmers. Well, we've uh, heard these announcements, you know, last year, and now we're starting to see, uh, you know, the rubber rubber hit the road and some details around them, and uh, this is a fantastic announcement, uh, you know, not only for the Regina area, but really for the entire Saskatchewan economy. And it's nothing but good news, uh, you know, for all parts of our economies and uh, and especially for producers, uh, canola producers in the province. It's, it's uh, fantastic news. Are you surprised Regina's getting a third canola crushing plant? Well, I think, you know, there's always, you know, the concerns that have been raised or the, the question, I guess, has been raised, uh, where's all the canola going to come from? And I think the easy answer is it's, it, we already grow it. Uh, a lot of this canola that's going to supply these plants are new markets that will displace existing markets. Less canola will be, uh, seed will be exported, and we're going to uh, process that seed and, and reap the benefits of value added right here in the province. So, as I said, it's, there's lots of uh, canola growing in the province, and uh, we grow enough canola canola and we will increase the amount of canola we grow as well but we grow enough canola to supply these plants and it, and you know Saskatchewan producers will will benefit from uh, these new markets and they're going to turn the canola into a biodiesel imagine using your canola to run your tractor and possibly the trucks to move, haul your grain and the locomotives yes you know we hear uh, fuel standards and uh, you know it seems like just a concept that till we really see uh, what the actual blends are going to be where the what the feedstock is going to be that's always been a big worry that that the feedstock for ethanol or biodiesel would come from other countries but i think as we see the fuel standards used in this country that we want to ensure that they are canadian feedstocks and and uh, these crush plants will produce uh, biodiesel will be uh, you know 
won't take a backseat to any product in the world and uh, we'll be uh, you know really at the cutting edge of a, of a lot of this technology and canola was uh, born in Saskatchewan here at the University of Saskatchewan and Saskatchewan producers have been growing it for a long time and we're really seeing some new and exciting innovations with a with a product that uh, really was invented here right in the province how important is this announcement to farmers in Saskatchewan I think it will make a big difference as far as, uh, as I say, a new market for our canola. Competition is important. This will provide competition and supply and demand, of course. This will increase demand, so it's it's good news on that side. I think maybe a forgotten part might be uh, the freight that we pay, uh, you know, when we export, put our canola into export position at Forts Lake Vancouver. It's going to be a lot cheaper to uh, get that those rail cars into Regina. And, and for heaven's sakes, we're going to have rail cars coming into Regina as a destination, not as a spot where it's being shipped from, but being shipped to. And that's that's got to be good news for, for everybody in the province. Do you feel that there is a possibility that we might have another drought this coming year and there could be production issues? Well, it's always a concern. We have a huge drought. Uh, you know, soil moisture deficit, it, it doesn't usually happen two years in a row, but never say never. Last year was a huge drought. When you look at the drought map, we uh, are still going to need more snowfall. We've got some coming over the next few days here. Uh, the northern grain belt has seen snow, but uh, really across the south here, we're just at average, if not below average in a lot of spots. So I think uh, we're going to need timely rains in the spring and throughout the summer again. And it's all about uh, that deficit. When you look at the uh, soil moisture maps, uh, we've still got a ways to go. Todd Lewis is the past president of APAS. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. Hey, Kara Ustreros here with RealAgriculture.com. I am here today at the Western Canadian Crop Production Show in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. And I have here with me two out of four brand new inductees to the Sask All Hall of Fame, Bob Tyler and the Honorable Grant Devine. How is it going today? We're good. It's a good Thank day, you. yeah. Bob, I'm going to start with you. Do you want to highlight for us just a quick little scope of your career here? Well... I mean, I'm a career academic. I mean, I've been with the university for 32 years, I guess, and 10 years at NRC before that. So I've had a teaching and research program in crop utilization, grain, grain crop fractionation for, for all those years, and got into pulse crops about 30 years ago, fractionation and utilization. And, of course, we're seeing a lot of interest in pulses now. It wasn't so interesting to the industry 20 years ago, but I mean, timing is everything. And I've done other things. I mean, I sat on the Agri-Food Council for the province for 12 years and involved with AgWest Bio and Sask Agrads and Institute of Agrologists. And I've been an academic administrator for 16 years out of those 32 while doing the other stuff. So I've done a lot of things. I've been privileged to have those opportunities. And every once in a while, I guess somebody thought I did a pretty decent job. And so that's why I'm here today, I guess. Also, I have here with me Mr. Grant Devine, who was a Premier of Saskatchewan for most of the 80s, correct? Correct, yeah. So do you want to tell me a bit about your history as well and kind of what has led you to this well, point? Well, it's a little similar to Bob's. Uh, I grew up on a farm with uh, grain and livestock and then went to the U of S. 
and then went to the U of A, and then went to Ohio State University as an economist. And uh, I always thought we could add more value to the raw products that we produce here. So rather than just sell grain, we can sell flour, we can, we can sell split peas, we can add various kinds of value. So it was a little frustrating in 1978 when uh, I didn't see any of that happening here and I was a professor. And so I ended up getting into politics and said, if I do happen to win, we're going to add a lot of value. So we built fertilizer plants, we built paper mills, we built a real gas distribution system, we manufactured, we started AgWest Bio to bring the science together with the entrepreneurs. And uh, the multiplier effect of AgWest Bio is about a billion two or more. Now, I'm hearing you both kind of say what an honor this is to be able to be inducted. Do you want to talk a bit about why that is? Well, you look at who's in, you look, you look at who's in the Hall of Fame now. I mean, that's a pretty impressive group, right? And to, have, to know that somebody thinks that you belong with that group, man, that's, that's, that's a thrill, actually. And just to know that somebody out there thinks you've done something worthwhile, I mean, is it's worth a lot of hard work and a lot of time spent. And so it's just being about being part of the group, really. Yeah, I would say that what impressed me about the Saskatchewan Agriculture Hall of Fame is the sort of pioneer determination. All the past members were, had that kind of grit. They weren't afraid to step up, take some risk, as farmers do, but they take it in, in science and in research and in new ideas and new ways that you can do things and, and believe in the science. So it's, it's, it's part of a, a pioneering attitude, you know, like they run up against something, but my, like my grandfather used to say, don't say hole in a mud hole, right? Slap them on the butt, get through that mud hole and keep going. That attitude built Saskatchewan and is continuing to build Saskatchewan. Now, obviously, you guys are not short on accomplishments, but in each of your eyes, what is your most important accomplishment? Well, in, in my case, I think I was lucky enough to get elected for two terms and make some pretty significant historic changes, like supporting the North American Free Trade Agreement. Today, at that part, at time, it, people didn't particularly like that attitudinal change was probably the biggest thing that I think our government probably brought to Saskatchewan. I had some great mentors as a graduate student and got involved in things like pulse crop fractionation really early on. And you keep doing it because you can get money because, I mean, that was involved back in about 1990 to do value-added work. And so that's why I left NRC and came over to the university. But I mean, so it's about, you know, making a contribution and, and it, you get involved in things. And that's, that's how you end up, I think, sometimes in the Hall of Fame is you, you get involved when most people don't want to and you do those extra things. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Mainly cloudy with 60% chance of snow. Blowing snow early this afternoon, wind northwest 40, gusting to 60. Temperature steady near minus 19. The low, minus 26. Wind chill minus 30 tonight, minus 37 overnight. 
Wednesday, mainly sunny. Winds up to 15 kilometers per hour. The high minus 22 tomorrow. Wind chill near minus 36. The low minus 29. Thursday, increasing cloudiness. The high minus 8. Evening periods of snow. Friday, cloudy, 60%. Chance of flurries and windy. The high minus 5. The low minus 20. Saturday, partly cloudy, 30% chance of flurries, the high minus 17, the low minus 16. Sunday, cloudy, high minus 8, 60% chance of evening flurries, the low minus 13. Monday, partly cloudy, the high minus 13. Normal high is minus 11, the normal low minus 23. The sun rose at 8.51 this morning, it sets at 5.27 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot is Coronac at minus 17, the cold spot, Uranium City, at minus 34. On the roundup, we have Estevan at minus 19, Saskatoon, Swift Current, and Weyburn, all minus 20, Yorkton minus 21. In Regina, with overcast skies, it's blowing snow, minus 19, that's minus 2 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the north, northwest, 45, gusting to 61. Humidity is 75%, the barometric pressure rising, 102.2. The wind chill this hour in Regina, minus 33. Overcast in Moose Jaw, minus 18. Winds are from the northwest at 51, gusting to 61. Once again, Regina, overcast and blowing snow. It's minus 19. That's two below Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. Get out to an early start on weed control in next year's canola and lentil crop using Group 3 Edge Microactive from Gowan Canada this fall. Edge Microactive, maximize yields today and manage resistance for tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougall Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougall Auctioneers. McDougallAuctions.com. And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems expect the best. Regina-based Protein Industries Canada has launched an $11 million project to make plant-based cheese products from prairie oats and pulses. Protein Industries CEO Bill Gruel is hoping to see plant-based cheese products made from prairie crops in about one year. Tim, today we announced about an $11 million project aimed at, it's called Growing Canada's Plant-Based Cheese Sector. So this is a really interesting and cool announcement for us because we've used a company based out of Vancouver, BC that produces plant-based cheese and the work that they've been doing to date has been using ingredients that they're importing into Canada, things like cashews and almonds. This project is about flipping over the use of the ingredients to oats and pulse crops and ingredients that we produce in Western Canada. Sounds like a pretty good project for prairie farmers. It's a great project for prairie farmers. And, you know, the whole alternative cheese market is one that's growing at leaps and bounds in North America. So in addition to this providing a new outlet for ingredient manufacturers, it's also creating new markets for uh, Western Canadian farmers. Do they feel that they can replace cashews and almonds with oats and pulses? Yeah, this is, this is the work that we're doing. And so this is an organization, a company, it's called Lumi Foods. They're based out of Vancouver, BC. They've got some proprietary technology where they're creating these types of cheeses. And they're actually already available at Save on Foods if your uh, listeners want to try them. The versions that they've created with cashews and almonds are available at Save on Foods. So they have the technology. This is really just utilizing ingredients that we produce here in Western Canada 
to replace those, what we would call tropical ingredients or things that we have to import into Canada. So from a technology perspective, I think we'll get there, but this is the project aimed at trying to figure it out and make sure that it works. How have sales of plant-based cheese lookalike products worked? Yeah, it, it's a really new market and it's growing and there's a lot of technical challenges to doing plant-based cheeses. And one of the issues and challenges is what does it feel like in your mouth? How does it melt if you want to use it in an application like pizza? So it's really, really technically hard to make a cheese that looks and feels and tastes and acts like a dairy-based cheese. But the work that, uh, that Lumi is doing and the consortium of people that they're working with, including the University of Alberta, is trying to figure out how to do that. And so, you know, it'll take some time to get there. Um, sales are increasing on a growing basis. A lot of people are wanting to try these products, not only just because they're vegetarian or vegan, but because they want to try new products. So how much time do you think it will take to get there where oats and pulse-based crops are used to make a cheese look-alike? Yeah, we're, we're hoping that by the end of this project, which is only about a year, we will have products on the store shelves that are the result of the work that we're doing. So sometimes, Jim, we talk about projects where you might not see the products for two to three years. I think within, you know, seven to 12 months, we'll be seeing plant-based cheese in Save-On Foods from Lumi that are used and uh, that are created from uh, ingredients that we grow here in Western Canada. What type of cheese lookalike are we talking about? Are we talking about cheese slices or what, what varieties of cheese? It would be more, I, I think the term that the foodies use is artisanal cheese. You know, those kind of things like brie and camembert, not pizza cheese or cheese slices. Now, that doesn't mean that we won't get there because those are really big markets. And I think that over time, plant-based food companies and plant-based cheese companies will try to make those types of products. But Lumi is really focused on on these small cheeses that you would see on a cheese board or a, or a platter. What about cost? Will this be more expensive or cheaper than real cheese? Yeah, so I, I think, you know, at the end of the day, that's a business decision that Lumi will have to make and in collaboration with their distribution partner, which is Save on Foods. And so, you know, the, the cost of these things, and until you get, you know, critical mass and you really get your supply chain figured out, you know, I, I expect that when you go to the grocery store at retail, they will probably be more expensive in the short term than traditional dairy-based cheese. But as processing gets more efficient, as consumers get more used to these products, I think the pricing will, will it eventually will have to be close to dairy cheese or there won't be enough incentive for consumers to try them. Bill Gruel is the CEO of Protein Industries Canada. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service, ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com. Saskatchewan feeder cattle prices were showing upward price movement this past week. Lexi Hicks Maxa with the Livestock Development Area of Saskatchewan Agriculture says both steers and heifers had rising prices. This past week we actually saw a lot of positive action happening with the calf market. So our feeder steer prices were reported in all of the weight categories except for the three to 400 pound and 900 plus pound weight categories. 
So our prices range from 225.17 per hundred weight for the five to six hundred pound weight category, up to 192.33 per hundred weight for the eight to nine hundred pound weight category. Compared to the feeder steer prices seen on December 17th, 2021, our feeder steer prices have increased. So since December 17th, the four to five hundred pound weight category has seen a $12.35 per hundred weight price increase. The five to six hundred pound weight category has seen a fourteen dollar and fifty seven cent per hundred weight price increase, and the six to seven hundred pound weight category has seen a sixteen dollar and fifty four cent per hundred weight price increase, and the eight to nine hundred pound weight category has seen a price increase of nine dollars and fifty two cents per hundred weight. Similarly, the average weekly prices for Saskatchewan's feeder heifers were reported in all weight categories except for the three to four hundred pound weight category. Prices range from 205.83 per hundred weight for the four to five hundred pound weight category, up to 173.50 for the 800 plus weight category. The 800 plus pound weight category was last reported on January 7th, 2022, and had an $8.83 per hundred weight price increase to finish the week off, averaging at 173.50 per hundred weight. So, what's the factors pushing up the prices? So this week we saw a big jump in calf prices and it is directly tied to the drop that we have seen in grain prices. So we actually saw a $6.57 decrease in barley, an $8.75 decrease in corn from the Iowa state average, and a $10.77 decrease in corn reported from Omaha, Nebraska. And it's what we're marketing's. Yes, yeah, so this past week, Camfax reported a total of 6,274 head of cattle sold in Saskatchewan, which is up from the 3,085 head sold during the week ending January 7th, but lower than the 10,606 head marketed during the same week in 2021. What happened with market-ready cattle prices? So we did see a decrease in the fed cattle price for Alberta feed years this week compared to the previous week. There was a price decrease of about $7.39 per hundredweight from January 7th to average out at $155.32 per hundredweight on January 14th. Then looking at the call cow market, the price of D2 slaughter cows saw a price increase of about $0.48 per hundredweight from January 7th to average out at $74.58 per hundredweight, while the price of D3 slaughter cows saw a price increase of $0.75 per hundredweight from January 7th to average out at $66 per hundred weight. Lexi Hicks-Maxa compiles the weekly cattle market summary for the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source, 620 CKRM. Market Update brought to you by Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. With new inventory arriving daily, they'll find a vehicle that fits your agriculture lifestyle. Proudly serving southern Saskatchewan for over 60 years. See Nelson GM today. Grain prices were mixed. Viterra prices for Durham fell twenty-seven fifty-six at six seventy ninety-nine. Canola dropped five eighty at nine twenty-five twelve. Number one red spring wheat went up four eighty-seven at four oh one sixty-eight. The rest were all unchanged. Barley three eighty-three sixty-four. Flax fourteen seventy fifty-nine. Lentils nine sixty-two fifty. Oats four seventy-one fifty-three. Yellow peas six thirty-two eighty-nine. Feed wheat two sixty-one sixty-five. Minneapolis March spring wheat rose 16 and a half cents at 894 and three quarters cents a bushel. It's the livestock reports on the source 620 CKRM. The livestock quotes brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn 842 4574.
This is the market report for the Weyburn Livestock Exchange for the week of January 18th. We had our first regular sale of the year on January 5th. D1 and D2 cows sold from 66 cents to 74 cents. D3 cows sold from 56 cents to 65 cents. Counter cows sold from 45 cents to 55 cents. And good butcher bulls sold from 94 cents to $1.02. We had our first pre-sorted calf and yearling sale here on Monday. The market has improved compared to what it was before Christmas. 400 to 450 pounds steers averaged $2.32 and sold up to $2.54. 450 to 500 pound steers averaged two dollars and thirty four cents and sold up to two dollars and fifty four cents. 500 to 550 pound steers averaged two dollars and thirty cents and sold up to two dollars and forty four cents. 550 to 600 pound steers averaged two dollars and twenty three cents and sold up to two dollars and thirty two cents. 600 to 650 pound steers averaged two dollars and twelve cents and sold up to two dollars and twenty seven cents. 650 to 700 pound steers averaged two dollars and four cents and sold up to two dollars and eighteen cents. 700 to 800 pound steers averaged a dollar ninety five and sold up to two dollars and six cents. 800 to 900 pound steers averaged a dollar ninety and sold up to a dollar ninety three. Heifers were twenty to thirty cents back from the steers. Some of the highlights from the sale were a load of 500 pound grasser steers at two dollars and forty four cents a pound, a load of 550 pound black steers at two dollars and thirty one cents a pound a load of 600-pound black steers at $2.22 a pound, a load of 630-pound red steers at $2.18 a pound, a load of 650-pound black steers at $2.13 a pound, a load of 700-pound black steers at $2.06 a pound, a load of 780-pound Angus steers at $1.93 a pound, a load of 880-pound exotic steers at $1.89 a pound, and a group of 970-pound exotic steers at $1.84 a pound. This has been Stephanie Digg reporting from the Weyburn Livestock Exchange, the market that gets cattle and the prices, too. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit 2ndlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid. The National Farmers Union is calling for a federal investigation into skyrocketing fertilizer prices. Ontario president of the NFU, Don Chiparas, says his fertilizer prices have jumped 144 to 220 percent between April and December of last year. He calls it outrageous and wants an independent body like the House of Commons Agriculture Committee to investigate all the factors contributing to fertilizer pricing in Canada. Last week, NFU president Katie Ward wrote to the chair of the Agriculture Committee asking for such an investigation post-haste. Some NFU members suggest there may be plain profiteering on the backs of supply chain problems and COVID-19 issues. The NFU says a lack of competition enables fertilizer companies to raise prices to match rising grain prices regardless of internal cost structures. The NFU accuses fertilizer companies of making windfall profits while farmers face drought. The Saskatchewan Beef Industry Conference opens tomorrow in a virtual format, tomorrow and Thursday. The Internet Conference opens at 12.50 p.m. tomorrow with comments from Agriculture Minister David Merritt. Topics include ag tech investment in agriculture, farm mental health, forages and calving. The Beef Industry Conference wraps up Thursday with a market update and looking to the future.
On the markets, the TSX is down 258 points to 21,279. The Dow has fallen 576 points to 35,335. Oil has gained 95 cents to 84.25 a barrel. The Canadian dollar is down two one-hundredths of a cent at 79.68 cents U.S. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the on-demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, following the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicides.